Hello, and welcome to the Female Founder Friday podcast with me, Lindsay White. I'm passionate about helping female entrepreneurs be great leaders, build high-performing teams, and create inspiring workplace cultures through innovative talent programs and practices. Because when people feel like they belong at work, they deliver their very best and businesses thrive. The Female Founder Friday podcast is all about connecting with the most incredible female entrepreneurs to talk about their journey to creating their own business, the mistakes they've made along the way, and how they view their own leadership. And I'm challenging all of my guests this season to take my leadership style quiz, and during each episode, we'll be digging into their leadership style and how it impacts the way they lead in their life and their business. And if you're interested in learning more about your leadership style and want some of my top tips to help you lead more effectively, you can take the quiz right now. Just check out the show notes or head over to highvoltageleadership.ca and click on the button at the top of the page that says, take the quiz. Then you can share your results, connect with my guests and join the conversation on Instagram by following me at highvoltleadership. Welcome back for another Female Founder Friday podcast, an awesome episode, actually, because I have with me today my friend and beautiful founder, Stacey Walton. Stacey and I are, are good friends. We live in adjoining neighborhoods, and we actually met um, through a, a, an event, right? A networking event, which was so fun. And, and Stacey is an amazing human being. She is the co-founder and co-operator of 24-7 Electric with her husband, a lovely growing organization. And then she also has her own business that she started, which is SW2 Designs. Um, and I know that that's actually her real passion. And she produces really beautiful, creative, interesting stuff. Um, and she's got an incredible uh, story to share with us today because she's born and raised here in Calgary, where we both live. Um, she's got a couple kids um, and has, you know, done all of this incredible entrepreneurial activities while being a mom and doing her thing. So, Stacy, welcome today to the show. I'm so glad you're here. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so glad at long last to have yes. you on the show. And it's almost like a call-in show today because Stacy's on the move. She's paused. She's not driving. So don't never fear. She's completely safe. But this is a girl who has got so much on the go uh, that we could just barely we could just barely get connected, her and I. It was crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, we did struggle with that. We did struggle with that, but I, and I know, I mean, you're a hustler and I really appreciate that about you, that you are such a hardworking human um, and that you've got these two really incredible businesses that you do along with being a mom, which is always uh, a full-time job. So yeah, tell us a little bit about your journey as a female founder, because I know it's a good one. Yeah, I I love uh, being an entrepreneur and I think that came to light when you're actually running your own business. I spent a lot of time working for very, um, I want to call them the ADHD men. You know, they have lots of dreams and passions, but they need somebody behind the scenes to execute them. Yeah. And I spent a lifetime helping those people uh, live their dreams. And when I met my husband, he worked overseas and he was away a lot uh, as an electrician on drilling rigs. And when we were trying to figure out how or what we were going to do to bring him home. He decided to start 24 seven. Well, sorry, back then it was called Rockwood electric. It was, um, 
it was new construction. It was a very different vibe in, in the, the company. And I was not a part of it in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And when we rebranded in 2014 to 24 seven electric, that's when I came on board and, um, and it was amazing. It was great. There's been uh, an immense amount of uh, rocky ups and downs because during that time, our children were quite young yeah. and they were doing all of the things, the dance, the soccer, the football. And it just is incredibly busy trying to manage things um, while you're while you're running around and trying to get everybody to where they're supposed to be. So, and on top of that, we had a blended family. So getting everything going and starting uh, was quite difficult. And then fast forward the tape, almost 10 years later, I started SW2 Designs as my children were grown and I found I had more time for myself, dare I say. I never really had time. I was overextending my time and somehow I thought I had enough time to start another business. So we... um we are strictly on the 24 seven electric side. We're strictly a residential company. So there's a lot of forward facing time with uh, customers and the public. And that's where I come in. I love that part. I love the marketing. I love trying to take something that's not really a sexy subject, which is electrical and, you know, put some lipstick on it and help people really understand their homes and, and really empower women who are now the majority home purchasers and home deciders to understand what they do. And so that's really opened up an avenue there. But on the other side, I hated paying for all the marketing. So I do it myself. And that's where SW2 Designs came from was, was, the love of doing all of that, the marketing, the creating, the the um, branding of T-shirts for small businesses, like just seeing how extensive it was for, for small businesses to be branded. And we were a small business and we wanted to be out there. So now that's what I do. I help micro and small businesses, you know, get noticed. Yeah. And you do. I mean, I've seen your work. And you do create some really incredible stuff. Um, it's it's pretty fabulous. And I know the last time we were going to try and connect, it was so funny because we jump on the Zoom together and <laughs> Stacey's in front of like her sewing machine. She's got stuff everywhere. She's got the football game on because I know you're a huge NFL football fan. But like most of us, you were trying to do six things at once because, you know, that's what we do. Um, and I love it. I, I really do. But I do love the stuff that you create. Like, it's pretty fabulous. Thank you. Yeah, I do have a great time doing it. I have a little um, space at the Beehive in Nanton. And that's where I get to put the things I'm really passionate about making and creating, like my sweaters and some of my, you know, fun decals and cheeky things and just things that I really, really love to create. That's where I kind of that's my little space out there and then everything else is you know what everybody else wants me to make for them yeah yeah I love it I love it that you get to do a little bit of your own and a little bit for others and come mm -hmm. together now I know that you often say you have ADHD and that, mm. that is in fact one of your superpowers tell yes. us a little bit about what that's been like as a female founder and dealing with the ADHD and all of that yeah, it, I know, like, it seems to be such a hot topic to talk about, um, adults with ADHD, but I think our age group, 
Um, you know, that wasn't, you just didn't talk about mental health. And now that we do, and I've been through a lot. And so getting down to the brass of what helps me, you know, um, between the ADHD, the anxiety, um, at first I always thought it was just an issue where I had to have this level of performance all the time, but I never really seemed to finish anything, but it really was the lack of the cycle, the ADHD cycle of motivation, then you're hyper-focused, then you lose your interest. And so now what I find with that and why I say it's my superpower is because now that I understand that weakness or what people would deem as a weakness, it has become the thing that I'm able to turn into my strength. And so being able to utilize my hyper-focused time to really be very productive, you know, the 80-20 rule, and then <clears throat> using that downtime to really listen to my body and have downtime. So it's, uh, it's helped me balance my life. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, we're sort of in our kind of mid, mid-40s. And that would make us, you know, sort of those late mid to late seventies babies, even into the eighties, that was only when things like ADHD were first really coming to life and the first treatments. And, you know, I I think about, I have kids that are sort of on that spectrum and what is available now and the knowledge that's available now and the, and the tools and the techniques that, you know, the, the kids uh, are able to leverage that just was not a thing back in the late seventies or early eighties. Right. No, no, just hyperactive. Right. (laughs) Right. That was, and it's so different. It's different in women than it was or than it is in, in men. And I think, um, women mask it a lot easier. Uh, and I think men just, uh, that, you know, or the young boys are active and always going all the time. So that, that kind of was just, that was normal. But for if, if women acted like that, I can't tell you how many times I got in trouble for not sitting still and not being proper and not, I I've literally never been accused of being a lady my whole life. And I don't want to be because I love how crazy (laughs) active I am all the time. Oh my God. I said that to somebody yesterday, like every report card, Lindsay talks too much and never sits still. Right. That is exactly my life. So I don't get that, but you're right. There's moments when it is a bit of a superpower because Mm -hmm. you can do all sorts of stuff, right? Yeah. And I, I like that. I don't fit inside a box. I mean, I never have, and I, I don't want to, I, it was difficult working in corporate settings because I had to play this role all the time and it was exhausting actually and now I just am exactly who I am and you get what you get and if you don't like it well then I'm not your cup of tea and we're moving on with life I just no no love lost here so you just everybody has a time and a season in your life so yeah totally you know what I appreciate that and I think for so many of us that are female founders, we have to get to that place. So I think that's such a great sort of topic to throw out there that we're not going to be for everybody. And our business, like what we offer, what we do, um, isn't going to be for everyone. We actually have to get comfortable with that. Um, Yes. 
so that so that we can feel really great about who we do work with who yeah. we not only who we produce great results when we work together but also the work that we do that makes us feel great yes and i think a lot of the time <clears throat> women and men but just like in general entrepreneurs struggle with that um well ha some of them do anyway uh, that almost imposter syndrome especially when you're creating something and putting yourself out there it's a very vulnerable position to put yourself in and you're you're opening yourself up for that judgment and you're opening yourself up for you know criticism and ridicule and you need to be prepared to be okay with that but sometimes even you know when you put on your best face or your best mass there are times when it's quiet and you're just thinking am I actually good do I deserve to be charging for this do I you know like I I don't know how many times I've like when I used to do paintings and uh for for people for their homes um I would do a painting commissioned and I would give it to them and I would be waiting on bated breath almost passing out holding my breath waiting for them to go oh my god I love it because you just immediately think pardon me you just immediately think they're going to be like this is not what I wanted I hate it I'm not paying you you know you, you, I just I would always think that first oh I know I man I you know like I'm five years into this business um, and I still find myself in moments where I'm like, am I charging enough or am I charging too much? I'm comfortable yeah. now charging. So, okay. So gotten over the initial, do I do, uh, does anything I do have value? I mean, that's, I think the first hurdle, <laughs> yeah. like, because I think we all, uh, you know, we all struggle with that piece to start with. And then we're like, no, no. Okay. What I do has value. People tell me that this shit is good. This work yes. coaching is transformational. The people strategy consulting makes businesses work more effectively and teams happier and cultures better. Okay. So I know this stuff works, but am I charging? Like, is it too much? Is it too little? What makes sense? What's going to make me money? But still like, man, I still grapple with that as I create, yes. submit proposals to different organizations. It is I a know. tricky one. It is. Yeah. And it's mostly the battle with your own emotion. You have you. I I present something to my husband and say, because um, he's ruthless when it comes to money and charging. Ruthless. You know, I get on the phone with with a lady who's struggling and might be a single mom, and I'm like, let's just do it for free. He's like, no, we can't do that. But I'll present something to him, and he'll be like, you're not charging enough. I already know before you even say it, you're not charging enough. He's like, you're overselling yourself. He's like, I don't know what number you're going to give me, but it's not enough. I want you to increase it 20% and come back to me. And I, I'm just looking at that number when I put it up like 20% or 15%. And I'm just like, I can't charge that. That's, I'm not worth that. That's ridiculous. I'm not like some professional. I work out of my basement. But really, at the end of the day, it's how other people see you. And some people are going to find value in you. And some people are not. And and that's the part where I think it took me some time to get to, like we were saying before, if that you're not for everybody. No. And, and you just have to be okay with that and not, you don't take it personally. And and something that helped me was that this, this statement, 
you are somebody different in everybody's story, just as they are in your story. So in some stories, you're the hero and some stories, you're the villain. Sometimes you're the pre- uh, protagonist and sometimes you're, you're the lover, the fighter. You know, there, there are so many different characters in a story. You play them differently for different people. I really love that. That mm. is so that is so true. You play a different role in everyone else's story, right? Yeah. Um wow, that's that's beautifully said. That's beautiful. I don't know where it came from. It's not mine. It's well, not that's mine. But... It. Just repeating what we've heard. Um yeah, yeah. No, I really, I really, but I really do love that. I yeah, I don't know who to attribute that to. If anybody knows, send us an email at the show. Yeah. Female Founder Friday at highvoltageleadership.ca. We'd love to know. Um, But I do, I really appreciate that. And and I think the other part that I would add to that is you don't always know what that role is. Like it's not always immediately obvious. Yes. And that's true because people don't want, people don't like conflict. And conflict isn't a bad thing. Conflict doesn't mean like you're fighting someone in the street. Um, And being able to be comfortable with conflict means that you're comfortable for asking what you need in a way that serves you, um, as well as having boundaries, which people associate boundaries and conflict as as one almost. It's it's crazy to me. But another thing I I remember my grandmother had said to me was that um, it's none of your business what someone else thinks of you. You don't go... Yes. You don't go around your whole life worrying what other people think of you. Now, that is one I didn't learn until probably last year. Like, really, truly, I have zero fucks to give what you think about me. I I do now. But it took to be 45 to get there, you know. So these are the things that you have to kind of have when you're doing your own thing. Yeah, it it is true, right? You have to have and be grounded in the confidence that what you do or what you sell, right? Because I provide yeah. services, you provide, well, some services and some products, but yeah. like, you have to be grounded in the fact that your own deeply rooted confidence that what you do, what you do really does add value, that it has purpose and it's connected yeah. to your own purpose. Cause I think that that's really important. Like what right. are you doing on this planet? What's your role in this lifetime? And then how do you provide for other, you know, how do you service other people in a way that connects to that? That's what makes it really powerful. And if you're grounded in that, yeah, you're going to have moments, Hey, Stacy and I are talking here about, we have our days when we're not sure we're charging enough and I love it that your husband like walks around is like add 20% to that. Can he come (laughs) with my proposals? Like for real, everybody needs somebody that's like, that's not enough money. Right. Like, yeah. (laughs) If you're deeply grounded in that, what you do has value and who you are has value. Then Mm -hmm. I think it's, it, it won't slow you down for very long. Right. No. And that's a journey, I think, for everybody. Well, and everybody's journey it? is different. Isn't it? Isn't it a journey? Yeah. The one thing about being an entrepreneur, and you tell me if this is true for you, it's like every day is a school day. Like you learn something every day. Like, can it? Can we stop yeah. with the growth for a moment? But like, no. That's not- <laughs> 
literally like took the words out of my mouth. I was just saying that like some days I just want to feel like I'm done. Like some (laughs) days I just want to feel like, yep, I got it all. I'm good. I I'm taking a break from learning something today, but I think that comes really because we, we look a lot internally for how we can always be better. And we're not, we don't uh, project externally to why things aren't working out. Something didn't work. So what was it that I could do? What can I change? How can I be better? How can I make that better next time? It's, it's a big difference there that those two different spectrums when you when you pr- project outward yeah um you're never you never grow from the issue that you're faced with and when you're looking inward you're immediately how what was my part in that yeah 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 so yeah. i think that's so we're never going to be done we're never going to be done because we look oh, at things man. that way sorry yeah that's fine um I guess that's the exciting thing too right is that there is always there is always new new things to learn there's always new ways to grow there's always new stuff to accomplish and so you know as much as sometimes we whine about it that is the stuff that keeps us going because there's always room for 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 more and different and interesting and explore exploration so I love that um I'm going to ask Stacey next about her leadership style because she took my leadership style quiz. If you haven't had a chance to yet, click on the link in the show notes or go to highvoltageleadership.ca. There is a little orange button at the top of the page. And ironically, it says take the quiz now and you can go take the quiz. It takes just a few minutes. It will give you some insights about yourself, about the way that you show up as a leader. And I'm also going to send you some of my top tips for your style so that you can be more effective as a leader in your business, but also in your life. So you can do that right now while we're talking and then you can compare. So Stacey, what kind of leader did, like, what was your style? What did you get out of that quiz? Yeah, so I was actually surprised um, because I thought I would be direct, but it came up as being supportive and I think, um, or support. And I think that is the change for me because I think if I had taken that quiz, um, you know, five years ago, I would have been a direct. I would have been, it would have been very different for me, but a lot has changed for me in my life. And I think the the letting go of the control aspect of of that in in the way that I le- you know decide to be a leader that is changed a lot for for who I am and I think it makes it a better environment for people around me. Okay. So that was really really beautifully articulated and I love the recognition that you as you as a leader and someone who is involved in multiple businesses including the business of running a family cuz let's be clear that's what that is. That your leadership style has evolved and that, Mm. yeah, you can be directive. You can give direct like information. I want this done on this date and in this way. That's super cool. And I'm sure there's still moments when you have to do that. Yes, you do. You do. But I love it's evolved for you into something that is more about supporting people in actually doing and delivering and, and then encouraging them to embrace their own leadership. I really love that. Yeah. And, and, and I'll have to say it definitely, I I, I will always go back to speaking about my husband and his, 
ability to, as my family puts it, control me. I'm a, a very wild stallion, they say, or, and, um, he's about the only person, like when he delivers information to me, I will hear it from him. So when he tells me I'm being too harsh, I'm being too forceful, you know, those were regular comments. These days, it is a lot about being how how can we support you in doing the job we need you to do? What aren't you getting? You know, what do you need to be better? That that's a that's a big shift for me. You know what? I love that. And we do. I mean, Stacy, you and I are the kind of individuals we have pretty strong personalities. We're mm. pretty forward. We're pretty clear on what we want and we want to go get it. Like we're driven individuals. And yeah. so, you know, Sometimes, because I think my report card, aside from saying Lindsay talks too much and doesn't sit still, probably said bossy a lot. Yeah. <laughs> We're bossy. We are lead, flow, yeah. or get the fuck out of my way. That's one of my yeah. favorite things, right? Right. That's- if you're not serving me, get out. I You're in my way and you're making more work for me. So just be done. Like, how yeah. do you not see Move the vision over. here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't drive Don't drive in the left-hand lane behind Stacey and I and go the speed limit. Um, I was just going to no, say no, that. <laughs> no, but I, I, but, but I love, like, that actually... There are moments when that doesn't get us what we want. That's number one. Second of all, one of the most important things we do as a leader is grow other leaders. And when that does not help other leaders grow in a really profound way. And so I love that you talk about the evolution of your leadership because that, that is actually, that's the whole point. Right. Yeah, it is. And seeing it. Like the change, it wasn't in the way that I spoke to others who served me in my businesses. It was watching how my children evolved into young adults. I love that. That was the difference. You know, this feeling and this need as a young mother to that feeling like you're under the microscope. So everything had to be perfect. You were being judged all the time. And then you know, the, the mom that my children have now is significantly different than the mom that I was when they were younger. Because to me, I had to make them the most productive members of society. They needed to be out there. They needed to, you know, serve the community. They needed to work hard. They needed to, you know, be kind. There, there were just so many aspects of what I felt I needed to impart on them that my being a mother was more of a job and it was it was a duty than it was about nurturing and now that has changed significantly for me I love it and certainly when we shift the way we show up in our life it reflects the way we show up in our business and when we the way we show up in our business it reflects in our life because let's be honest the two things are not completely separate We are a whole person and we show up as a whole person in all of the different places that we exist, our family, in our business, in our community, in our, you know, in our uh, larger friend relation, like all of that. So Stacey, I just think that that, I really appreciate that you brought that, that, that the, you know, we have to continue to evolve um, and, and that, that, that actually brings really incredible things uh, to our whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask you now about like, where have you made mistakes or missteps? Where have you screwed it up? And what have you learned along the way? 
Oh man. So I think if you're, if, um, you're not screwing up, you're not growing. And, um, sometimes, you know, I, I definitely used to have a problem with failure. Uh, I wouldn't actually do something if I thought that I would fail. That would be like a, a paralyzing problem for me. And, um, uh, or if I thought that somebody else wouldn't find value in it. And I directly related myself, what I could provide to somebody, the value I was for someone else, any person, um, as the value that I held. And so I would make a lot of mistakes by just not doing. Um, and recent, more recently, um, so I'm five years in my recovery journey. Um, I went through Thank you. Um, I went through a profound um, change when I went through treatment and um, therapy. And I think um, the biggest mistake that I made uh, in, in my business was not asking for help. Yeah. And not just asking for help during that difficult time, but ever. I'll do it. <laughs> no help required <laughs> yeah, yeah like I I will do it I will be drowning and not being able to perform at at capacity um and my expectations of myself were way higher than the expectations of anybody else around me you know so really you know looking back on some of these things the errors were my own expectations, never asking for help and and really not allowing myself to relinquish control in order to let others succeed. And so from all of that, what I've learned is that you need to give yourself grace. Yeah. You can't be everything to everybody. No. And you have to be vulnerable in order to be, um, I don't know how to say it without sounding corny, but you, you have to be vulnerable in order to allow other individuals to to connect to you yeah truly on a much deeper level than just surface i i think that that's very well said you're absolutely right we cannot truly create really powerful connections and relationships unless we are willing to open the kimono as they say like we have yeah. to show pieces of ourselves and you show different pieces to di- in different relationships Sure. In order to create the connection that we all need, it is an act of vulnerability and vulnerability in itself is an act of courage. Mm, It is a difficult thing. You have to be supremely courageous to show others your big, beautiful heart. You have to be really courageous to show, to ask others for help and to show people that you're Mm. not perfect. Yes. And that's hard. I think a lot of for women, I think as women, we're hard on ourselves and therefore we're hard on each other. And, um, you know, I think societal expectations of what we all have to live up to makes it difficult. And, uh, you know, if there's, I, I used to, people used to say to me and it used to bother me, they would use this word inspiration and, when they would say it to me, I didn't know why it bothered me so much. And I realized it's because deep down, I felt like I had so many skeletons in my closet. There were things unsaid, undone. 
you you might think this part of me is inspirational, but the whole part of me is not inspirational. And that's not the point. Uh, the point is, is that in that moment you were for that. And when you take that away from somebody um, who's who shared that to you, you're devaluing yeah. the, the moment you gave to them, the support you gave to them. And so yeah. realistically, it doesn't matter how you feel about it. It's how someone else feels when they're communicating that to you. And that's what you have to validate. Yeah. Oh my gosh. A hundred percent. Like take the compliment. Yeah. Just take say it. thank you. Yeah. Take it, take <laughs> yeah, it yeah. and say re- like, uh, like really ingest it, internalize it and say thank you. Because I think that is really interesting. What you said that you devalue the experience that they had. Yeah. Absolutely. I never thought about it quite like that. I really, I really appreciate that perspective. But yeah, when someone says to you, hey, your hair looks great. Don't say, oh, well, I just, you know, blah, 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 messy bun. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Like, just yeah. that. Yeah. It's like when somebody compliments your dress and you have to say something awful about it. Oh, it was a dollar at Value Village. Who cares? <laughs> yes. Just own it. Just Thank own you. it and be like, dang girl a dollar and I'm thrifty and this chick thinks it's awesome I love it yeah yeah yeah, it it definitely I I'd say the screw-ups are plenty uh it's not and it's definitely not about it's not about the fuck up yeah it's about the action you took to change and what you've done to continue to change so I a great part when I got sick my daughter was sent to go live with her dad and I thought I would never have a relationship with her again. So you have to imagine 13 years old and you just found out that your mom's a drug addict yeah, and, uh, and a severe alcoholic. How, how difficult is that for her to navigate? And so, and I had always, and I'd gone into treatment and she was great. She went, she went to Al-Anon for teens. Wow. Uh, she went to treatment, like uh, therapies for, for children with parents with addiction. And she really did the work. Now, we all did in order for us yep. to be successful as a family unit. But she really had to, she was still in the home when this was going on. And <clears throat> I always thought I would never have a relationship with her again. And uh, I came out of that thinking a year into my recovery, we were going to be perfect together. Everything was going to be totally right. fine. And, um, and it, and it wasn't. And I went into a really bad depression at that point because I was working for her. Yeah. I was working to get, to have a relationship again with her. And right. so I wasn't doing it for myself. Uh. So as we went through that, <clears throat> we, every time she came to see me, she got a version of me that she didn't believe was real. She thought I was acting and playing. She couldn't in her mind conceptualize how I had changed so much from the human I was before to the human I was now. But this was the human I was always meant to be through all my childhood trauma and all of that illness and all the things that I suffered in my life. I now am at peace with it. And so she was seeing that. So she'd gone to my husband and she had said, um, why does mom act? Why is she faking it? And he's like, hon, <clears throat> I don't think you realize that's who she is. <clears throat> Pardon me. That's who she is now. And so 
in that, when she came back and we continued to build our relationship to where it is right now, that was a significant moment for us to say, you know, things aren't always as they are. And we need to continue to build on relationships because you may feel like they're not there, but they will be. Yeah. You know, they, you, you put in the time, you put in the work. I know I had a different point, but that would be my brain missing, missing something there, but it'll come back to me. I knew that was going to happen in this conversation, but yeah, so definitely the, the working towards work. When you put in the work, things happen, period. And that's real with anything. No, I, I, I thank you. Let me just say thank you for sharing that so bravely because, and, and I want to say again, congratulations on your continued recovery because you're never done being recovered from addiction. No. I recognize that. And I appreciate you speaking so bravely about it in this context. Um, but it does demonstrate that you have to be, you really have to be ready to be vulnerable in order to connect yeah. family yeah. connections, the relationship with clients, the relationship with team. Um, and all of that plays into the way we show up, the way we lead, the way we run our businesses, the way we build and grow them. Um, yeah. and all of it comes back to us. Yeah. Who we are, what we what we believe in, our values, what we desire most, and what our purpose is. Yeah. So I really, I love you sharing that. Thank you so much uh, for, you know, for just, for your courage today. I really appreciate it. I'm so glad I got to have you as a guest on the show. Thank you so much, my friend. Yeah, it was great. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. I sure hope you enjoyed listening as much as I did hosting this conversation. And if you did enjoy today's episode, would you do me a favor? Would you give the episode a five-star review and share it with all of your friends? I would really appreciate that. I've got a goal to impact a thousand female founders and with your help, we can really amplify this message. Thanks again for being a part of the show. And don't forget to connect with me and all of my guests on Instagram at High Volt Leadership. We'll see you next Friday. Thank you.